With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to episode 233 of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about living, working, playing, and existing in and around the games industry, and we do all of this from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana, and I am joined tonight by a special guest. Um, we have Stephanie Jones. Hey, Stephanie, how are you? Hello, hello. Stephanie is a um, recent, not graduate yet, but has recently finished her PhD. Yes, uh, at Syracuse University. And I will, I will allow you to tell us what you're doing next. Um, so tell us about yourself, Stephanie. Who are you? Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Stephanie Jones. I'm originally from Southern California. I just recently uh, defended my dissertation at Syracuse University in composition and cultural rhetoric, with an emphasis in women's studies. I focus a lot on Black women's uh, reading and writing practices. And this fall, I will be an assistant professor at Oklahoma State University. Yay. <clears throat> congratulations, one. Thank you, thank you. On the job. And congratulations, two, on moving um, moving towards something that is a little warmer than upstate New York. Yes, that's a, <laughs> that's a big win for me. I'm super happy to be out of the snow. <laughs> and then we are also joined tonight by our usual co-hosts. Jordan Lukomsky and Victoria Brager. Victoria, how are you? Who are you? I'm doing well. My name is Victoria. I'm a PhD candidate at Purdue. I study the intersection of games and gamer identity, but mostly controllers because that's my obsession. <laughs> and that put me in upstate New York as well this past couple of weeks. So I was up in Rochester doing research on controllers. So my obsession takes me far. <laughs> Oh, at the games museum, definitely yeah. awesome. Yeah. And Jordan, how are you? Who are you? Good. I am an environment outsource artist for That's No Moon in Los Angeles. 
Um, super excited to talk to everyone tonight um, and still can't say anything specific, but we'll share when can do. <laughs> still working on things and stuff, stuff and things. <laughs> stuff it. and things, things and stuff. <laughs> Got it. All right. So we will start with our usual, what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. Um, and because we like to pretend, at least I do, like to pretend that I have manners. Um, we will start with Stephanie. Stephanie, what you playing? I play a lot of things at once, I think, but mostly uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. I've been trying to play some Fall Guys. I mainly just spend money on Fall Guys, though, I think. Well, that happens. That happens. They have cute outfits. You can't is, help but like spend money. It's a microtransaction nightmare. It is. It is. But also very fun. True facts. All right. Um, Jordan, how about you? What you playing? I am playing my regular Wordle and Framed. I'm super excited because my partner just started getting into Wordle. So we have like these mini competitions at the beginning of the morning over coffee. Like, did you get the Wordle? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. What'd you get it on? Number three. Oh, I got it on number two. Um, so that's been really fun. Um, and then other than that, we tried the Game of Thrones digital edition um, because it was free on the Unreal store and on sale on the Steam store. Um, we've played the analog version before and we really liked it. Um, but now that it's uh, available on digital and it was on sale, we were able to play with some friends from across the states. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I was so close to winning and lost everything in the last turn. Um, but that's how the game goes and love it a lot. Um, and then other than that, we were playing, me and my partner were playing, We Were Here Forever, which is the fourth installment available on Steam of the We Were Here series. Uh, I've talked about it a few times, but we really like this one a lot. Um, the story, I mean, you can get into it or not get into it. It's mostly about the puzzles, but, uh, this one definitely felt more, uh, I don't know how else to put it. It just felt more epic and more involved. And um, we finished it within like four days. So I'm kind of sad, but also super excited because it seems like they're going to continue the series. And I don't know. I just love digital escape room puzzles co-op that me and my partner can play. Sweet. <clears throat> Sorry. Victoria, what, what about you? What you playing? Um, at first, I didn't think I was playing much. And then I realized I've been doing a bunch of dailies everywhere and got into some more games when I came back. So we started playing Deep Rock Galactic because being Space Dwarves sounded like a great time. And I've really liked it so far. I've been playing a scout. And so I get a grappling hook and I get to grapple around into places that my partner can't get to because he plays um, an engineer. So I ask him, I'm like, give me a platform up there so that I can go and land on that. And he's like, all right. That's so funny and perfect. That's exactly how we played that game too. Exactly. <laughs> so good that way. <laughs> and i um, been playing Fallout 76. I'm not stoked on the season that's going on right now, but 
I'll complete it anyway, because that's what I do. And I'm invested in it for some reason. I don't know. I think it's the hours. I did see hours that I've invested. I think I've played like 31 days on it. And I've been doing it since beta. And so I'm just invested. You, like, you, can't, weird... you can't throw that time I away. can't. I can't throw <laughs> Fallout away. <laughs> I've just invested so much time. Uh, Minecraft recently updated. So I've been playing in the deep dark. Went and got killed by a warden. That was a great time. Started City Skylines again because I needed a new time suck. And then I have my daily ordles. So Yirdle, Wordle, Heardle, um, Sedek Ordle. And yeah, that's that's what I've been into lately. Oh, nice. Time sucks. That's where I'm at. <laughs> so I guess it's my turn. Um, I'm always playing Final Fantasy 14. And it's going to get worse. And I'm going to be playing for Final Fantasy 14 in my sleep now because my um, email to complete my my complete my purchase of my Steam Deck came this week. So I will be playing Final Fantasy 14 on my Steam Deck in my bed um, after this. I will never sleep again, but at least I will pretend I'm sleeping while I craft and gather on my Steam Deck. Um, so that I started playing core keeper uh because core keeper to me looks like a cross between terraria stardew and minecraft and i always wanted to play terraria um but could never get into the side scrolling aspect of it um so now i've been playing like terraria um, from a more top-down perspective, and I really like it. <clears throat> um, so I've been running my own uh, my own um, core keeper server. Um, but last week they just opened up like hosted servers, um, so I can switch our save over to a hosted server and turn my computer off after I don't know a month <laughs> or it, it's been a month or so. Um, of us just uh, playing on the server that I was hosting on my my gaming PC. Uh, but the client is so little. It's only like 130 megabytes or something like that. The client is so little that I don't even notice that it's running. So if anybody's interested in playing Core Keeper and wants to try out a server with friends, it is easy to run on your own computer and, and you really won't even notice it because I play all kinds of other games while that server's running and I don't notice any difference. I play 14 and um, anything else that I've wanted to play thus far. Um, so Core Keeper, uh, let's see, what else have I been playing? Fall Guys. I've been playing Fall Guys. Um, like actually kind of a lot of Fall Guys. <laughs> uh, when I like go wind down at night and go sit on the sofa in the game room, I pick up my Switch and play Fall Guys. Um, and then my Switch dies, I turn on the Xbox and play Fall Guys because it's like cross-platform, cross-progression. So you can play like on anything. Um, and then I saw today on, I got tagged today on Twitter, um, that, uh, there, there's Pusheen costumes coming for your little Fall Guys beans this week. And so I'm probably going to spend more money because I've been spending way too much money on little costumes to make my little Fall Guys being cute. Um, but I've been having a lot of fun and I generally don't like, like weirdo competitive 
platformers, but because I'm bad at them, but they're so much fun and it, it doesn't really matter if I lose. <laughs> um it doesn't really matter if I lose so I've been having fun playing that so if anybody wants to play Fall Guys y'all let me know we can play some Fall Guys together um and then I am doing my dailies I don't do as many dailies as as y'all do I do Hurdle and Wordle and that is about it um I cannot do the 47,000 hurdles that uh Victoria does um <clears throat> and I don't do enough um I don't watch enough TV slash movies to play the, to do the movie one that um, I know Jordan, you do that one. It sounds interesting, but I feel like I would just never get it because I just don't watch, you know, TV or movies enough to, to know much. Now, if they did everything like from the eighties and nineties, I might get it. Cause that's when I went to the movies more and watch TV with like friends and stuff. Um, but then like life happened and I started Stop playing all together and spend all my time on video games. <laughs> they should do a video game one. I bet I could play that one. That would be fun. Um, they should. I know. How fun would that be? See, somebody needs to come up with that concept. Somebody needs to come up with that concept. Um, I think. Let me look at let me let me look at our our, our show notes. See things. I think that's it. Oh, no, it's not it. That's a lie. I also started uh, Arcade Spirits 2, the um, the sequel to um, Arcade Spirits, the new challenger, because I got a code for that. Um, and it's fun. It's a it's a visual novel um, type game um, set in, you know, set in like the the golden age of arcades. Um, and I've been having I have fun with that one. I need to go back and finish it. I never played the first one. I always intended to, but I always had an excuse not to. Um, so when the second one came up, I was like, I'm going to play this one. Um, and I hope I don't mess up by not playing the, by not playing the first one. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's what I'm playing. That's what I'm playing. What about reading? What are we reading? Uh, Stephanie, we'll start with you again. What you reading? I'm always reading multiple things at once. So uh the last i'm reading uh amari and the night brothers and also uh another very similar middle grade book called the marvelers just really interesting um magic sort of set in a new orleans um backgrounds we're at a magic school but it's really conjuration and different schools of conjuration really interesting um reading a romance novel a couple different ones the one I like the best is called get a life Chloe Brown the author is so funny um if you just like witty smart humor uh smart um them characters who aren't like your starlet sort of character um this the heroine lives with fibromyalgia so I think that I like romance novels where they're like real people interesting um and then I, I think that might be it my my partner and I I think we're gonna start the wheel of time we usually read a book together and we've been kicking back and forth ideas and we think we might because we really enjoyed the show 
So we might see if we can do some critical analysis of the book. That sounds fun. Okay. Um, what about what about you, Victoria? What you reading? Nothing. <laughs> you oh, your notes do say that I'm reading nothing. I got you. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> A shit ton of Game Informer magazines. Well, that's something. No, it's not. <laughs> because reading is mostly just me like skip, flipping every page being like is there a controller on this page and then you just flip to the next page I kind of wish I could sit and just read video game magazines I kind of wish I could sit and just read video game magazines I like reading the like letters to the editors portions Uh huh. and those crack me up they're always complaining about something like I can't believe you wrote that in the last issue and they're like yeah we did that (laughs) what you want us to say now they have like the new um like the new video game magazines are more like video game journals because you know there's more like critical analysis and stuff and those are always super cool but then I'm always like hesitant because they're also like $15 an issue usually um and then I'm like what if I buy what if I pay $15 what if I like subscribe to this for like a hundred dollars a year or whatever and I hate it then I'm on a hundred dollars and 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 then and then but they always have like the digital like issues too that you can get but the digital issues are like the same price as the regular issues and you can buy, but you can buy them one by one, but you're always one issue behind. And I'm like, I don't want to be one issue behind. Um, so <laughs> I know it's a weird complaint, um, but I uh, but I feel like we used to get more of that uh, kind of like deep dive conversation about video games in game magazines, like back in the day than we do now, where they're all basically just advertisements. Or maybe there that's was, I went, I was reading, oh my goodness, what game? One of the magazines that I was reading, um, it was from 2002 and it had an, it was in an entertainment weekly. It was uh, entertainment weekly's video game Na- nation edition. And it had this entire section on video games and violence and really kind of went in depth on Anderson's article that you know everybody cited back then like video games cause violence says this dude who who's studying now nobody can replicate um but that was being cited in popular magazines and being really discussed and kind of um taken to task and it's like but do they because this doesn't seem to be like video games are a worldwide phenomenon and there doesn't seem to be this amount of violence anywhere else. Are we sure it's video games that are causing violence? So it was really in-depth and critical. And I, yeah, there's, there's definitely an increase in advertisements over time. Yeah. Yep, I get it. I get it. But one thing about the one thing about the 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 newer journaly ones is that like the print editions, and this is why I always get sucked in because the print editions seem to be so nice. Um, 
and they're kind of pretty, right? They have nice pictures. They have these beautiful cover images. And I'm like, here, just take my money. <laughs> just take my money. They get you uh, with the beautiful packaging. They do. I'm a, I'm a sucker for pretty pictures on the cover. Um, you know, people always talk about don't judge, don't judge a book by its cover, but I literally will buy a book because of its cover, even a, even a journal. Yeah. Yep. So I'm horrible. Indie comics get me for with that all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I love this art style. I'm going to buy 10 issues of it and I might not read it, but the art was really pretty at least i have the pretty pictures and then if they send it in the mail without putting it in a mailer then it's got you get it gets there and they i hate when they do that i hate when they do that if you're gonna make me pay 15 dollars for a journal then go ahead and charge me whatever you need to charge me to put it in a mailer and send it to me don't just send it in the mail like a like a regular magazine or whatever because they're gonna stick a sticker on it and then the, the cover's gonna be all messed up when it gets here oh yeah that's that's super disappointing a good portion of it is the pretty pictures for me, but also I, I don't know why and I can't really explain why, but I just really struggle with digital copies. Like I just like having the physical book. I can flip to pages easier. Um, I mean, I don't know if you remember Sam, but even in classes, I would literally copy and paste physical copies of print. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> you know what? And it's true. It's true, but at the same time, talk to me in 20 years. You'll see what I mean in 20 years. <laughs> talk to me in 20 years because you'll have so much, so much stuff, like so many books. Um, and then like one of the things that I would do with my physical copies of fiction before the pandemic is that we had a neighborhood free library and I would take all my extra, my copies of stuff once I had finished them that I didn't want to keep. And I would like take a batch of books down like once a week to the free library um, in our subdivision and put them in there. Um, but the woman who kept the free library, um, it had switched over to a pantry, a food pantry at the beginning of the pandemic because, you know, so many people were unemployed. And so we were putting staples in there. And so I wasn't putting books in there because we were putting food in there. And then um, I think she stopped doing it all together um, probably in the last year or so because uh, I, I, I don't think it was meant to hold weight that heavy because food is, especially canned goods and stuff like that is heavier than books. So it would like, it was starting to break and I guess she just thought better than to like just keep repairing it um so I need to find another local free library to you know go put my books in because they are taking over because they are taking over because I've I I was reading a lot of digital copies of books um for a while but then I have found that I really like having physical copies of books again and I don't know why. It's probably because, I don't know. I think the pandemic, pandemic changes everything. Um, but yeah. Yup. You say 20 years, but I think that was negative two years. <laughs> that was negative two years. All right. Let's see. What about you, Jordan? What are you reading? 
Well, I just said, oh, hey, I have all the stuff. I had to give it away. Uh, still struggling to get through the books, but um, finally made like uh, a substantial jump in the book that I've been reading for quite a while, Crooked Kingdom. Um, and yeah, I don't know what clicked, what happened, but I feel like I'm getting back into the groove of reading for fun. Um, so I made a huge jump in that book and I'm so close to finishing. It is still the same book I've been reading for a while, but I actually am confident that it'll be done this week. Um, and uh, I feel a little bit bad because a lot of the books I read, I read in tandem with one of my other friends and she's been done for like two and a half months. Um, and I'm like, I promise I'll finish this week. I promise I'll finish this week. Um, but this week I think I'll actually finish. Uh, so nothing new, but made a substantial jump. And I think I'll be on to a new book soon. What are you thinking about reading next? Have you thought about it yet or no? Oh, we have a huge list. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason I feel bad because she's like, we have to get to the list. I'm like, I know, I know, I'm sorry. Um, But I think our next book is going to be a Star Wars book called Ahsoka, centering on the character Ahsoka. Uh, We also watch a few TV shows together and we recently just finished the animated series um, the Clone Wars and Rebels, and we both really love the character Ahsoka, and we found out there was a, a specific book dedicated to her character and a specific timeline and her story, so I think we're going to read that one next. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, I'm easy, because I'm also reading slash rereading Amari and the Night Brothers, Um because it, that's the, the next book in our, um, for our, uh, our Twitch book club. Um, and I enjoyed Amari and the Night Brothers <laughs> so much that I'm totally fine uh, with uh, reading it again. I'm totally fine with reading it again. Um, and the, and I wanted to, I wanted to refresh because the second book in the series comes out next month and so I want to make sure that I remember all the ins and outs and the nuances of of the magic school and the and the story as it unfolds um and I tell people this all the time I don't know if you have not read Amari and the Night Brothers yet but you definitely need to that is such a good book um and you will definitely enjoy it so yeah definitely check out Amari and the Night Brothers all right. So that's what we're reading. So what we're playing, what we're reading, what are we drinking? What about you, Stephanie? What are you drinking? I had such big plans for the answer to this. I had bought the stuff to make margaritas. And then I was like, no, nah, it's going to be kind of late. Maybe I'll drink uh, Black Girl Magic wine. But really what I'm having, if I'm being honest, is an oat milk espresso. Hey, that's fine. There doesn't have to be alcohol. There doesn't it's a little late for me. So iced oat milk espresso. Well, that's good. Coffee's always good. Um, what about you, Jordan? What are you drinking? 
Um, I'm a little jealous. I love oat milk espressos. I was debating whether to just continue the coffee from today. Um, and that sounds really good. So I might have to get one soon. Um, but what I am drinking currently uh, is a new drink I haven't had before, either from the brand or the type, but the brand is called Nude Peach and the flavor is peaches and cream milkshake IPA. Um, and I like IPAs just in general, and I love peaches. If you like IPAs, this isn't bad, but there's a lot of flavor in that title, peaches and cream milkshake. IPA and it kind of just tastes like IPA with peach. Which I couldn't ask what that would taste like. See, I'm not a fan of IPAs. I'm not a fan of IPAs, but like a peaches and cream milkshake cream stout would sound really good. You put but the bitterness, that punch in your face bitterness of IPA with a milkshake, peachy milkshake taste you. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a hard time thinking of that, but the I definitely with you with the, a milk stout. Mm-hmm. Missed opportunity. Yeah, I think that would definitely come through a lot better. Because, yeah, it's just generic IPA with some peach. So that, that's so. a never again for you is what you're saying? <laughs> no, because I like IPA and because I like peaches, I, I do like it. Like, I would get it again. Um, but... Yeah, if I were to search specifically for like a peaches and cream flavor, yeah, no, I'm totally on board. I would probably look specifically for uh, a stout or pretty much anything other than IPA, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I feel like IPAs, peaches, not bad, but also kind of disappointing. Doesn't Got have you. the cream and milkshake. Mm. All right, Victoria, what are you drinking? I know it's it's going to be disappointing compared to the weird shit I'm normally drinking. But <laughs> I am just drinking red Powerade today because I need those electrolytes because I have to come face to face with my neuro on Monday. And whenever that happens, I remember I've been procrastinating like movement and uh, atrophy and other parts that come with being diseased and so I'm like oh no (laughs) I gotta do a lot of working out this week as if that's gonna fix anything but I do it every time and so I just pump myself full of red powerade and electrolytes and bemoan my legs hurting I'm like oh they hurt they hurt like every day but this is like the pain of working out hurting I'm like oh no two hurts and one so that when I come face to face with my neuro on Monday and he goes what have you been doing for the past six months it's been nine months but um he's a busy person and his six-month appointments were pushed out to nine months and I can be like so remember last time I'm like yeah I'm having trouble walking I'm like getting back into walking I'm using the cane and everything but I know this is partially from the atrophy and my legs from two years in a pandemic 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that. It's gonna be fine. I'll just you will see you in nine months, and I can look at him on Monday and be like, nothing has changed. I'm still the same person I was then. Quite the procrastinator. <laughs> but last week I worked out. <laughs> but last week I worked out, and you'd be impressed. And I bought a uh, membership to the pool so I can do low impact things that don't hurt my legs more than they need to. But Paying for things has not actually ever worked for me to get me to do things in the past. So <laughs> I just drop money on things. It'll be fine. Everything's fine. So I'm drinking red Powerade to um, help with my sins against my own body. <laughs> I get you. I get you. It's, I had the same. I had a, a similar experience yesterday because I, um, I had I bought a new chair. Because my old chair was just not comfortable for me. It was making my back hurt. Um, and um, I bought a, a new console table to move in and, and put my computers and my con and my consoles on one table. So it's a, a long, thin table to hold everything. Um, and it's been sitting downstairs for three months, at least. Uh, not put together. It's in the box. Uh, because I was busy. And I didn't, and in order to like put the table together and put the table in my office, I have to like unhook all my computers and consoles and move stuff around. So it's a, it's a, it's more than just like building the table and moving it in. It's taking everything apart, building the table, moving it in, and then putting everything back together. So it's like a several day process. Um, but the chair was like more emergent because my back was killing me. Um, so I went to look for the chair and I was like, I really want just a big ass chair that I can kind of curl up in. So, um, so I got the chair and then I was like, I'm just going to get the biggest size. I know that this says it's for people that are at least three inches taller than me. And for people who weigh up to 200 pounds more than I do, <laughs> but I'm going to buy this chair anyway. <laughs> because it's big because it's big um and because I can then like get comfy and like put my legs up and like sit comfortably in it and not feel like I'm in a, a can of sardine um so it never occurred to me that buying a chair that big was one gonna be a chair bigger than the one I already had in my office um, and two, how much that damn thing was going to weigh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cozy chair. <laughs> sacrifice. Cozy chair sacrifice. sacrifice. It is a cozy chair sacrifice. So one, when the um, delivery driver delivered the chair, he literally dropped it in the middle of my walkway. Didn't even bring it up to my porch. Just put it in, my, in the middle of my walkway. So I had to He's go like, this is yours now. <laughs> like, I don't know why you ordered this big ass chair, but here it is. Um, so then I had to get in the house. So I got it in the house and it was just like in my foyer. And I was like, I don't know how this chair is going to get upstairs because <laughs> it was hard enough getting it in the house. So this is, this has been my, my exercise for the last couple of days. Right. So I got the chair and I, just opened it and I was like I'm just gonna take these pieces upstairs one by one the pieces themselves were one massive and just heavy so I got all the pieces upstairs and I kind of spread them out 
in the game room. Here was my next mistake, right? Put them in the game room. I'm like, I'm gonna put them together in the game room. I'll put oh, the chair no. together in the game room and then I'm gonna put them in my office. So <laughs> I finally got the chair together and I'm like, this thing is massive. And I sat in it and I was like, oh my God, my feet don't touch the floor. <laughs> so it's like, he was like, what? I was like, well, I can put my toes on the floor, but I can't put my heel down because it's just, you know, because I have to like point my foot to put the, my toes on the floor. And <laughs> so I, um, I was like, oh, fine, I'm just going to take it in my office. So I brought my old chair out of my office because Pete had laid claim to my old chair. She's like, I want that chair. Um, she wanted it as a replacement for her, her desk chair. Um, so I went to bring the chair in here. And one, because of the, the layout of the way the sofa and the stuffed chairs are in my game room, I could not get it past the sofa. So I had to move the sofa in order to get the chair to my office door. Um, so I got it to the office door and I'm like, I had to move the sofa and I was like, fine. And then I moved the other chair out. And then I went to, to put, to bring it into my office and lo and behold, it would not fit through the door. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 That's where I thought it was going when you're like, I put it together in the game room. I'm like, Oh no, not standard door sizes of 36 <laughs> inches across. <laughs> This chair is massive. So then to make it give me even more exercise and to make sure that my body was going to hurt for the rest of the week, I had to pick the chair up, like angle it a little bit sideways and kind of wiggle it through without so that I wouldn't one tear the chair or two tear up my door jams. So I finally got the chair in my office and I'm like, this chair is never leaving this office. I was like, when it's time to get rid of this chair, I'm going to have to take it apart in this office and take it out in pieces because it's just not going to work. So that has been my exercise <laughs> and my back was screaming. And when I went to bed last night, I'm like, everything's going to hurt in the morning. Everything's going to hurt in the morning. And then I was pretty much right. So um, yeah, Tylenol has been my friend. Tylenol yep. has been my friend. I have this like nice uh, icy hot like roll stick. Oh. I'm like, this is my best friend now. I will say I am good at everything else I'm supposed to do. But the pandemic like really threw such a wrench in everything. I was active before that. And then like my neuro when the pandemic started was like, if you get it, you're going to die. And something about that phrase just kind of repeats in your head. I'm like, I can never leave this house again. And so I didn't and you know it was it was just rough and I, we lived on the second floor apartment so I couldn't really do much intense working out and I couldn't walk anywhere and oh my gosh it was just miserable and so after a while just atrophy sets in and then the disease takes like hey this is cool we like this and I'm like oh this is bad but I do take all my other meds and I am getting back to it but I am the world's worst procrastinator if I have anything else to do I will do it because I hate working out for the sake of working out like I hate it and I need to be better about it but they got me going to campus four times a week this upcoming semester and that's going to force me out of the house and walking a bunch more so here's to that <laughs> I know that whole I don't know you know, with monkeypox and all these new variants, I'm not sure about going back to campus yet. 
<laughs> the rule is if you get sick, like I don't even care if they lied to me, like, oh, cough, cough, I'm feeling sick. Send me an email. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling so sick, Victoria. I'd be like, great, stay home. Or if you don't stay home, just stay far away from me. I mean, it, it's weird. Like I said, I'm I'm hesitant because I know at the end of the semester, at the end of spring semester, my entire class was sick. My entire class was sick and they were all talking about how um, like Mucinex was like sold out all over campus because everybody was buying up all the Mucinex because everybody was sick. I'm not trying. <laughs> I'm not trying to die. <laughs> I'm just, not trying to die. I'll give up a lot for this PhD, but I just, I don't want to die for it, you know? No. No. What are you drinking, Sam? Tell us about your monstrosity. This is something I have now termed the tropical abomination. So I had, I, I wanted something like bubbly and fruity. So I took San Pellegrino, Clementine Peach, Mementi, and mango sparkling water and mix them together. So if you know the Momenti, it has a little bit of juice in it. So like one can has like 35 calories. So it's a little bit sweet. Um, and then, so the San Pelic the Clementine peach and the mango mix them together. And I was like, oh, but I'm supposed to have booze. What would go good in this? And I was like, coconut rum. Because then it sounds like more like a Mai Tai kind of thing going on. So I added coconut rum and it is actually really good. <laughs> and I'm going to call it a coconut, I mean, a tropical abomination. And I'm going to drink this until I run out of these, uh, out of these uh, different flavors of uh, sparkling water. Mm -hmm. That's not what I thought you were going to call a tropical abomination at all. What do you think I was going to call a tropical abomination? Well, maybe it's just because this is what I did, but Starbucks has this new drink called a Paradise Refresher, and it's like passion fruit, and they put coconut milk in it. I took one sip of it and was like, yeah, this needs rum. So <laughs> that's what I did that sounds on the weekend. Good. They do have some new, they do, they do have some new tropical drinks. I saw like a pineapple passion fruit or something like that's that. That's what it is. Yeah. Pineapple passion fruit but like i i got the version that they um make with coconut milk and i think i put i might have put rum if i was out of rum i might have put gin but it has like these pieces of pineapple in it it's really good see i don't like coconut milk so i would skip the one with the coconut milk and just get the the fruity one and then put coconut rum in it i don't like coconut but i will drink coconut rum in certain drinks because I don't like coconut, but I like pina coladas. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. a conundrum. It is. It's weird. And I will, I will drink, I mean, I will eat coconut milk or coconut cream in savory dishes, but generally not sweet coconut. Yep. So yeah, that's what I'm drinking. So that's it. We've done our, what we're playing, what we're reading, what we're drinking. And so now we can talk about what we came to talk about. And that is um, 
Black Girls of Eorzea that we affectionately call BGE. Um, and it's something that Stephanie and I are working on together. Because if you've played Final Fantasy XIV um, or engaged with like any of the content created around it, um, or even looked specifically at the content that gets pushed by the company, unfortunately, and the company being Square Enix, um, you'll see that there is a severe lack of diversity. <laughs> There's a severe lack of diversity um, in um, in the content that, especially the official content or the content that gets pushed as being official. Um, and even when I first started like playing the game um, and streaming the game and looking for like content creators um, that were playing 14, um, one of the things that I was like, I was like looking for folks on Twitter. I was like, hey, so where are the BIPOC content creators for this game? Um, and some of the the bigger um, some of the bigger BIPOC creators that I learned later, um, you know, mentioned that that's been a real problem for them. Um, even on Twitch is that they feel that um, streams of BIPOC folks playing the game are often suppressed by the platform, um, which I know folks are gonna say that sounds like a bit of a conspiracy theory, but then we had, uh, like soon after that, we had the big um, Twitch, in the, the big Twitch slash Square Enix Final Fantasy XIV activation, um, where Square Enix chose content creators um, to be kind of part of their, their sponsored activation. If people went in and, and gifted five subs, to the content creator, they got a code for a special in-game mount, um, you know, that they can ride around in the game. And there were no, um, there were no BIPOC creators chosen. Um, well, we'll say few to know because someone said that someone who, um, someone who was white passing was actually BIPOC, but they, had never and I went to their stream and they never mentioned they didn't have themselves labeled it wasn't in their description it was none of that so I don't know and I wasn't gonna say I wasn't gonna walk pop into their stream stream and be like hey are you black for real um because that's just rude but I would say none that appeared no black presenting no BIPOC presenting um and they had even chosen people who literally did not play the game or had not played the game or streamed the game in years um, to be a part of this activation rather than choosing BIPOC creators who were partnered by Twitch. So they, so CCV and like numbers were not a bit, were not a thing because some of the per people that they chose had smaller communities and lower CCVs than the ones that um, were passed over. Um, and they didn't choose any of them. Right. So they were we're talking about people who are partnered on Twitch, have CCVs of anywhere from 70 to 100. Um, that's consecutive uh, consecutive viewers. Right. Um, and uh, have and that was their main game were passed over for folks who were not partnered um, 
and had smaller communities and had never played the game. Right. So I was like, well, you know, and and, you know, the 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 scuttlebutt around that was, well, Square Enix had to approve the creators that were part of this. Uh, it was not the creators weren't chosen by Twitch. And I was like, well, it does kind of make sense in that moment that. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's not just like the feeling of BIPOC creators, but yeah, these maybe these folks are being suppressed, right, and not being pushed and recommended because they were never recommended to me, and that was like primarily what I was watching because I was trying to learn to play the game, and they were BIPOC creators were never recommended to me. Um, so I was like, so maybe there's something there's something to this thought that 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 they're being suppressed in recommendations um, and such. Um, so this has been a real issue. Um, it's been an issue with anti-blackness, um, like with the content creators. It's been an issue even like people have mentioned uh, like in the game itself. And Stephanie knows this, that there's one creator that early uh, one creator, one character that early in the game um, is brown skinned. Um, and as the uh, as the game progresses and we go through later expansion packs, she becomes lighter and lighter skinned uh, until the last couple of expansions. She is she is white. Uh, she is white. And when it was brought up to uh, when it was brought up um, to the producer of 14, it was and the, the excuse was, oh, that was because she was in the sun a lot earlier and um when she wasn't her tan faded i'm like they are literally in the desert in storm blood why is she getting lighter in the desert <laughs> absolutely terrible excuse they could have just said nothing and it would have been better <laughs> so it's it's pretty interesting so um and and Stephanie and I have been playing 14 a lot together. And and there are moments, right? Not only with like Yestola who gets lighter and lighter as the game goes on, but there is a very kind of um, there is a very make America great again speech um uh that takes place that is a kind of a pivotal story arc. Um there is clearly uh what is the uh, what i think of as being nazi germany that exists in this uh that exists in this space and there's all kinds of there's all kinds of like not only imagery but story arcs and characters that just kind of hit different <laughs> if you if you are if you are a marginalized person um so i was thinking about it and i was like it just you know, I want to think about this. I want to think about this game. I want to think about the things that we experience in this game and around this game um, from a marginalized perspective. But in, at the same time, I want to make us more visible, right? Because there are tons of content creators. There are tons of players. There are tons of characters out there that um, are uh, are darker hued. Let's put it that way. Um, and I'm gonna say one more thing and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump over and I'm gonna let Stephanie, I'm gonna let Stephanie rip it and then we're gonna talk about this. Um, and one of the first things that made me think to myself, this is the right thing to do. Um, when we first started BGE um, and like started posting stuff um, and I started getting DMs, this, I started getting direct messages um, or personal messages on Twitter um, from P 
people who play um who play them who model their characters their characters after themselves they're darker they're darker hued they're they're supposed to be black right um and they started to tell me like the things that they hear from people in game because of because of the way their character looks right from overtly kind of uh hateful violent racist things to especially if we have you have female you've got people who have female characters overtly sexual um overtly sexual things um that are that definitely are not just kind of like uh generically sexual but have to do specifically with their race right so we start to talk about the intersectionality of that kind of sexual harassment um and just and i was like yeah we we need this space to talk about kind of the the intersectionality of the kind of harassment we experience in game um from people um and the kind of um treatment that we get from the company itself right um and and like people may think it's no big deal um it's no big deal to like have your 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 main characters who start out being uh represented as being um raced in a very specific way slowly be whitewashed right and what that does in terms of not seeing yourself as a hero in any way in the game other than your character itself which i think is interesting um because there are lots of other characters who um come from places where people are brown or should be brown who are given a short shrift in in a number of different ways and i don't i don't want to talk about all of them but i think it's important to talk about and think through some of them because we need some examples but i don't want a lot of story spoilers cuz i enjoy the game itself i enjoy the story i enjoy the community that i am um engaging with um and I, I think it could be a good thing because this was my pandemic game. This was my pandemic or has been my pandemic game because the pandemic ain't over. But Stephanie, talk to me. I know. Yeah, I would say just jumping off what you're saying that um, there were definitely some moments or I want to say that love the game. It's been my pandemic game as well. A sort of switch from playing Animal Crossing, which I was playing way too much to this and what I like about it I still do I like the community aspect I like that we can do things together but also I I really enjoy the storytelling but there are just exactly like you said there are beats or moments or like entire characters or story arcs that just make me feel like if this is supposed to be an immersive experience for all players I was not considered in that immersion And for me, I think um, the moment I reached out to you and was like, I don't, they, there must not be any sort of like crosstalk on uh, what a Black experience would be in this game is without any spoilers, there's a situation where you have to like go into a community and they um, like figure out how to help do things on a train and everyone survives except for the Black character. You, you murder him so much he disappears 
And I was just struck by one that he's like the only character that's really storied as like a villain, but also just totally erased from that moment. Everybody else gets like cute little redemption arcs and you get to go on little story moments with them. And it's not something that happens over and over again. Uh, as you do missions and things like that, where a character is just completely erased. And so it's always just kind of stuck with me is was that was that an intentional choice or am I just not considered in the immersion? So um, I think in, in, in around building this community around uh, thinking about what it means to be diverse or to actually have like intentional, purposiveness behind your diversity in Yorzia, one of the things that I've uh, enjoyed the most is just other people getting to feel more comfortable being themselves online. I think the first moment for me where I was like, uh, this, this story is kind of like maybe making me uncomfortable, but I can I ask other players about this is I, you know, I didn't do a whole lot of research before I started playing the game I was watching uh, a stream and just thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to try this. And so I sort of just picked a race the same way I would, I was like, Oh, I want to be a dragon. And the way that people talk to in the game, Aru characters, is very racialized and it's also extremely casual casual racism here casual racism there and i just don't uh hadn't experienced that before so i thought it would come to some sort of like where i would get agency or like maybe there but none of those beats have happened yet maybe they will we can certainly hope but um no signs of it yet I think I hit on all the beats you. <laughs> yeah, I think it, <clears throat> I think you're hundred percent right. I think you're hundred percent right, and and it's it's always interesting to me to find that we're not the only people that that think about this right in this way. And I think that what's even more interesting is that folks have come up with um, some interesting solutions to that problem. But I don't want to talk about that just yet. Um, Cause I don't want to leave. Um, I don't want to leave Victoria and Jordan out of this conversation while we sit here and riff on, uh, while we sit here and riff on 14. Cause I know Jordan, you play 14 too a bit, but um, things, thoughts, questions that you want to ask about BGE or comments that you want to make um, feel free to jump in because otherwise Stephanie and I will sit here and just chat about 14 for whatever. Yeah, I mean, super interested in BGE and questions about that, but definitely, and you touched on this a little bit, but was really curious specifically how you both got into Final Fantasy XIV first, like what drew you there um, and like why, what keeps you coming back to this game? Stephanie, you go first. Okay, so I think... Yeah, a little bit just I was playing a lot of Animal Crossing and I thought that um the dailies were just getting kind of monotonous to me uh I really love mermaid stuff and even the but the thought of like okay I'm gonna go look for more pearls again so I can get this 
you, I, I just felt like I had explored enough in that game that I wasn't as interested anymore. So I was looking for something else. And what was appealing to me about this is kind of probably the same thing that draws me into like uh, tabletop RPGs or other RPG um, platforms is just that I got to personalize my experience, but also play in this world with other people. And I, it took me a f- quite a few streams before I, I finally gave in and was like, okay, I'll give this a try. And I think the, th- the thing that I like about it the most is that even though I have like daily tasks and things in the game, it's, I can do something different every day. The ex- experience of playing it can be different every single day I play. And you, um, you can build community around playing it. And then you get like rewarded for doing those things, for being in community, for building relationships with people and in ways that has been impossible in this forever pandemic. So I think that's definitely what keeps drawing me back and what I enjoy the most. I think that's pretty interesting because I think, how do I put this? Apparently, and I think I've told this story before. Apparently, I played 14 at launch. And and I blocked it. Because the game was so bad at launch. That's why they like did a, a full relaunch after they had done a complete overhaul of the game. And they called it 2.0. That's why it was A Realm Reborn. Uh, because... <clears throat> They they totally did a, a over a complete overhaul of the game. Um, and I had several people um, who were in my Twitch community, one or two, I won't say several, um, who played this game religiously. And when <clears throat> we were like going into the pandemic kind of full scale back in March of 2020. I was looking for, you know, we were talking about it and we were talking about games that we could play together and games that, you know, we could like build community in and be able to engage with people and talk to people um, and um, try to have some kind of a a, a more um, real world community-based experience. And um, one of our community members was like, you should try Final Fantasy XIV. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I was like, my my rating days are over. I played a lot of WoW back in the day, blah, blah, blah. He was like, no, no, you should try 14. You, 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 you know, you run your course with WoW. I understand that. Um, and I actually did go back to WoW for a little bit, but I just could not get back into it the way that I used to be. Um, so I tried it and I went to sign up and they were like, you already have an account. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> and they were like you can't have a free account you already have an account but I couldn't so and and let me just say so I sent a customer service I put in a ticket to um, try to retrieve my old account so that I could retrieve like any of the original because you got good stuff that nobody else can get anymore if you played one if you played during 1.0 um, when they when they like shut down and, and reopened as a realm reborn you got good stuff for like um, having played 1.0. 
It has been two and a half years, and I still have not gotten a response to my customer service ticket, Square Enix. Um, so I had to start a new account. Um, and so I started a new account and I started to play through and and like folks who were uh, in the community that have been playing this game for well over, you know, 10 years at this point, well over 10 years at this point, were there to kind of help and answer questions for me. Um, and I love Final Fantasy as a franchise. I just period. I I I love the lore. I love the I love the world. I love the world building. I've always been a huge Final Fantasy fan. Um, and to see that on this scale, um, and in a different genre than I'm used to, um, and I think the game is absolutely beautiful. Right, um, was a good thing for me. Right, so it, it it was lore that I that I know, um, and lore that I know I like. That kept me coming back, and also not only the lore, but also the fact that there were community members that were already playing the game, and because I was streaming it, there were community members that were joining in. Um, and so that was one of the things that kept me coming. That was one of the things that kept me coming back and kept me from like ditching it, even, uh, you know, aside from the issues that exist, um, in and around the game was the fact that I was able to build a very specific kind of community, um, with like-minded folks, um, with like-minded folks, period. I mean, period, right? That was that was it. And that's the thing that keeps me coming back. Yeah. Um, and it's it's hard. The struggle is real sometimes, uh, because not everybody understands um not under everybody understands being a part of a community, um, and how being a part of a community is different from being in community. Um and so people's various understandings of um, what it is to be in community can sometimes make being in community different, difficult. Or lack of understanding of what it means to be in community versus um, just being a part of a community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that can be, that can be difficult. That, I mean, I, I know that everybody doesn't have the same level of dedication to like a game uh, or a community. Um, but I think that that there are probably some basic levels of community, like some basic levels of community that some folks don't understand. It's like, because I, I, I laugh because sometimes when, well, because we have a free company, that's the equivalent of a guild, right? If people have played World of Warcraft or whatever. Um, but we we get like applications that are like, hey, I want to join your free company because I want to play with this one person. And I'm like, no. <laughs> 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 then you go and you play with that one person, but you don't get to come in and be a part of our free company just to play with this one person and not contribute anything to the community. Right? I even say hello sometimes too. Yeah. So... And that's always that's always pretty interesting. So I, I the, those free company applications make me giggle as I delete them. Uh, <laughs> they make me giggle as I delete them. Um, so it, it's pretty interesting. 
it's pretty interesting. And like I said, it's not that I think that anybody, people can have various levels of engagement. Like if you don't want to, if you don't want to raid with a, at the group, if you don't want to do anything with the group, that's fine. But at the same time, it's like, if you don't want to engage at all with a free company, then why join a free company? Right. Because that I mean, isn't that kind of the point of joining a free company so that you can engage in some way, even if it's just somebody to say hi to or somebody to, you know, if somebody says, hey, you know, does anybody want to run this one thing with me? Occasionally say yes. Or if you need help to say, hey, can somebody run this one thing with me so that other people can occasionally say yes. Um, instead of instead of saying, hey, I like this one person that's in your guild or that's in your free company and I want to play video games with them and it'll be easier if I'm in the same guild with them, but I don't want to talk to the rest of y'all. <laughs> but I mean, outside of that, I think that one of my biggest issues or one of my biggest desires for the, like our in-game community and the, the fact that we can be in community is building a space that is safe for um it's safe for folks. It's safe for folks. So we're talking queer folks. We're talking, you know, we're talking queer folks. We're talking gay folks. We're talking trans folks. We're talking marginalized folks. I want a space where people um, can know that they will be safe um, and they won't be ostracized, that they won't be harassed. Um, and that, I mean, because that was one of the things that I really wanted to do with the free company is that you know, everybody talks about how great Final Fantasy 14, Final Fantasy 14 is. It is. Um, I think the community in game in general is a whole lot better than it is in, say, World of Warcraft. And I'll use that and, and even ESO because those are both MMOs that I've played a lot. Um, I will say that the, the community in general seems to be a bit friendlier, but you do still have toxicity, right? There are still toxic folks that, especially if you're new and learning and they want to do things fast um, can get pretty toxic and impatient with folks. So that has always been one of the things is that I was like, I want to build a space. So if people are new to the game, they can come in and say, I need help with this level 16 dungeon um, and everything, you know, and I need to run with people who aren't going to rush me and will perhaps help me learn the mechanics of the dungeon so that I know how to do this in the future. Um, so that's been, that's been a, a big thing, um, for me in terms of what I want for a community, right. Um, and to give people that opportunity and then give people that those same people that opportunity to give back to other players that come in later and are starting from the beginning, um, so that they can hopefully remember what it was like for them at the beginning. So, Yeah. My cats are fighting. You always have to be willing to run Copperbell Mines. That's I hate Copperbell Mines. You can't hate Copperbell Mines. <laughs> I run it, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Other things, thoughts, ideas, questions? I have some more questions. Um so Black Girls of Eorzea is on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you're actively posting, creating content, supporting fundraisers, streams, Final Fantasy XIV events. You created some community events like the co-working space. 
Um, and maybe this is too much of a similar question to a little bit of a topic that you covered already, but this is a lot of time. This is a lot of work. And this is all on top of the research that you do, schoolwork, daily life. Uh, maybe it was just kind of a natural extension of what you already do, but I'm curious, how did you both meet and what was kind of the deciding moment and factor when you both were like, let's create this, let's do this? Oh, wow. Our how did we meet story. <laughs> we didn't rehearse before. <laughs> we didn't rehearse any of this. <laughs> I didn't get the lines for this. <laughs> how did we meet you found me yes i did so i was very resistant to watching twitch because i had a, a, especially before my dissertation experience i had a very like contentious i would say relationship with um being a gamer i think i always felt excluded from that community or like a like this isn't something I tell people, like this is my private secret thing I do in the basement alone by myself. Um, so when I don't answer the phone, it's because, you know, I'm playing through Pokemon again, or this is something I do with maybe my brothers, but I don't tell people about. Uh, even though um, I think my partner and I, when we were dating, um, must have played like hundreds of hours of castle crashers together that's how we got to know each other we play platformers that kind of thing i still hadn't really fully realized like yes you're a gamer get over it and that you belong here too and so part of that was figuring out okay who do i want to watch on twitch and i think uh, people had sort of introduced me to um not your mama's gamer but i was like i can't do twitch and another platform where i'm watching people play video games so i'll just wait or you know i'll maybe i'll i'll figure it out if they're like i can get a better phone or something at, at this point but then you made the switch over to twitch and i was like well no i don't have an excuse so i think i maybe just kind of lurked in your channel for a year before i started being like hey i'm i think i'm in the same field as you may i ask a question and that was really through the theory quest um streams wow which is really i helpful did not for me. know that yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why i said we didn't rehearse um <laughs> uh so yeah through the theory quest streams i think that's how i met kashona kashona gray and um she was just really kind to me she's like you should tell her who you are and i was like is it okay if i call her dr sophistin she's like i think she'll like that and that's so for me that's how um she introduced us and that's how we met i'd like to hear from your perspective though that's i, I remember i remember when you came in and started talking um, but I didn't know that you had been lurking because uh, I never, I don't, I don't watch. Um, and my, like P doesn't understand this either. She's like, do you know how many people are watching or who's watching? I said, no. And she's like, why? I was like, I turn all that off. Oh. Um, 
So I never know who's in my stream. The only time that I know who's in my stream is if I'm about to say something about my mama. <laughs> and then I go and I look to see if she's in chat. <laughs> That's the only time I know. I'm really scared of, and I still am. You could probably tell how I interact with things of chats in general. I always tell the story, like my parents were very much like, don't go in chat rooms is what I tell people. But really the story is that they were like, don't go in chat rooms. People are racist in there. And I was like, yeah, my parents know. I'm, clearly they've experienced these things. I'm going to listen to them. And then of course you have one well-meaning friend was like, no, no, chat rooms are fun. So she logs in, it's me, she's in the chat room. First thing that happens is someone starts calling me racial slurs. And I just looked at her like, see, I told you. <laughs> my mama was right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't know, because that's never, no one's ever going to call you that, but my mama was right. Yeah, so it, it, it took me a long time to sort of build up the confidence to, to talk but. We here now. Yeah, and, and with me, it, it, the the same way that I am, like I'm the same way everywhere. Um, True. So <laughs> I am. I'm the same way everywhere. So so once I know who you are, then I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to ask, you know, oh, what are you working on? How's this going? And and I, because I genuinely want to know, I genuinely want to know. If I don't want to know, I'm not going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna be genuine um and so I was interested in what Stephanie was working on right so I would ask what are you working on what is your what's your dissertation on um what's your experience with this kind of thing and because um I knew that um she was also a black woman um, when things came up, I would, you know, ask very specific questions. Like, you know, I would do a vibe check, not for you, but just on the situation, right? Uh -huh. It was like, are you feeling the same way I'm feeling about this kind of thing? Um, and we started having like more of those kinds of conversations. And then when you started playing 14, because a lot of times when you're playing 14, if you're doing, um, especially when you're doing like, even when you're doing dungeons, but especially when you start doing like, um, in-game content like raids and extremes and, and trials and stuff like that you're usually in voice chat just so that you can like talk to each other um and i can and i can i can yell out watch your feet over and over again so yes. <laughs> which i appreciate yell at me yell at me <laughs> because if you stand in some place that you're gonna you're gonna die i need to yell to know so that you can hear me in real time so you know to run kind of thing but we would just start having conversations because we were running content together and and that's been the same with a lot of folks that like are in our community um because um our static is on hiatus right now because we had a bunch of people who were moving who had like big family issues um so and happy um, things big you know changes good things yep Yep. Happy things, good changes, those kinds of things. So we've had a lot of different things um, with our static and I just haven't had the the energy to uh, find new folks with static yet. There's a lot of energy. I mean, and that's, and that goes back to Jordan's question about the time and the energy, right? Um, I think that, like I said, with this being my pandemic game um, and it being a game that really kind of 
um, not only resonated with me, but also kind of made me think about it in different ways because of my own kind of identity markers and identity politics. Um, just wanting to make sure that I could, or trying to create a space for other people like me. Um, and not just, and like people, people ask all the time, well, black girls of Eorzea, is that just for black girls? No, not just for black girls. We are black girls um, or black women, but black girls just sounds better than black women of Eorzea. It just has a, a better kind of, it flows better. Um, but it is definitely for marginalized folks, right? Um, are other folks welcome to be in the space? Absolutely, because those other folks who are not marginalized need this just as much, if not more, than, than we do because they need to learn, right? Um, yeah, and definitely. this is the way that I think of it. Stephanie may think of this as totally different. Stephanie may be like, um, it's only black girls. If you ain't black, don't be in here. I'm just kidding. That I know not she's not going to say I know you don't. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's been a part of, of what what makes me personally put the work in that I do. And Stephanie and I have, have worked to kind of um, um, find our own strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and focus and and focus that in terms of in, in terms of what gets done right um like stephanie didn't even have a tiktok account until bge she would every time i would try to get stephanie on tiktok she would be like i don't do tiktok i don't do tiktoks <laughs> i reached our at my big age i said <laughs> i was gonna have to stop doing the social medias because they're just new all the time. I think I, I think I have a little bit of technophobe in me, even though I really love technology and um, doing things with it and things like that and teaching myself different things. I also have that thread, but yes, she made me get a TikTok, y'all. I did. And I was like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to do the, if I'm going to be in charge of the, t- our TikTok account, the BGE TikTok account, you got to at least have a TikTok account so you can like be there. So Stephanie got a TikTok account. <laughs> um, and I've always had like an Instagram account, but Instagram has never really been my jam because I like more, I don't know, more chaotic stuff than, <laughs> than, than Instagram. Instagram is not chaotic. It's, that's, that's true because that the chaos of TikTok is what makes me not like it. Like I just feel personally attacked that videos start the moment you open the app. <laughs> and Instagram is just so polished. Instagram is just so polished. I'm not about to polish. So we were when we were starting to divide up like the workload, so to speak, I was like, I'll take TikTok. And, and Stephanie, who loves Instagram, was like, I'll take Instagram. And I was mm-hmm. like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that idea. And then Twitter, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on, I'm on Twitter far more than I need to be. And, and, and because I'm always, uh, um, I'm always fighting with like people, people come into like some days I'll be sitting on the couch and I'll have like my phone in my hand and my tablet sitting up 
and I'll have like something playing on the TV in the background, like music or fireplaces. It's always ambient noise. She'll she come and she'll be like, what are you doing? I'm like, starting shit on the internet. And she just, <laughs> she'll look at me and shake her head and be like, why? And just turn around and walk away. And then, so I'm on Twitter way too much because, you know, it's the chaos. And Twitter is chaotic. I mean, it is, it is absolutely chaotic. Um, so it just kind of made sense for, and for me, TikTok and Twitter go together very well because they are both kind of, uh, tonally the same. Um, and I can share, I can share a lot of content between the two platforms because there are a lot of folks who are on Twitter that are not on TikTok because it, they do feel that it's too chaotic. And the folks that feel like at my big age or at this point in my life, I don't want another social media platform. So there's, there is overlap, but it's not a hundred percent overlap. So it's easier for me to, to do those two things. And then, um, because Instagram reels exist, I can upload, <clears throat> videos that I create on TikTok directly to Instagram without having to like go in and try to do anything different. TikTok will be like, hey, do you want to upload this to your Instagram Reels account? And I'm like, yes. And I'm done. Um, so, I mean, for 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 like the platforms that I guess I'm in charge of, um, there's a lot more, uh, there's a lot of overlap. Um, and I would find it more difficult to create content for like static content or the kind of content that Stephanie creates for Instagram than I would for TikTok or Twitter. Um, so we've been able to, to split it up enough that we can do that. And then like stuff like the co-working space, a lot of folks are still working from home. Um, and uh, there's tons of co-working um there's tons of co-working, like virtual co-working spaces and people doing co-working streams on like Twitch. Um, and I was like, what if we, um, and, but I think that, that it's interesting because I think Stephanie and I were kind of doing that a lot anyway. Like we would be meeting to talk about stuff and we would just be standing around the free company house and like, like, yeah. just like randomly, like, dancing or waving to each other or waving to you know just because we were in that space and it it it's less for me it is less energy draining to be sharing avatars than it is to be sharing my actual face on zoom yes i think too when you when you started um because I would be sitting on the ground of the yard and you brought out your um, campfire minion. So we'd be sitting together at, at the campfire. That's the, I think that sort of made it like, oh, this really is like a safe space where we can talk and chat and things like that. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's weird things like that, right? It's weird things like setting setting the tone for it, right? The campfire minion, mm -hmm. the picnic basket. And then Stephanie got mad because during the during the during the winter holidays i put out snow in front of the in super front of the house. attacked me yes <laughs> Stephanie, she was like wait why is there snow out here i can't sit in the snow <laughs> somebody explain to me why games have weather i just <laughs> should be tropical vibes all the time yeah yeah so yeah, I mean, I I think that 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 was kind of 
how that started is that it's, it's less energy draining for me to have a virtual, uh, to have an avatar of myself rather than myself being like in the moment all the time. Uh, but it still adds something to that feeling of being in a space, in a shared space and, and sharing that space, right? Um, if that makes any sense. I mean, I know it might sound weird to people who've never done it before. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I, I think, you know, and, I, and I've done that with other friends and I've done that with other friends um, um, who like we just logged on and like gone somewhere and like sat under a tree because we were having a conversation, but we were playing the game at the same time. And we'll be like, let's just go sit over here and just chat for a while. Just like sit under a tree. And we would literally sit under a tree and be like in a discord call or whatever. And just talking about our lives and talking and catching up with each other for an hour or two hours or whatever, while we were sitting together in a space. Uh, And I think, that I don't know the the pandemic has really changed a lot yes. about how I operate in in spaces because I don't know that I would have necessarily done that um before the pandemic because a lot of these folks are people that I would have seen at academic conferences or games cons or even like gone and visited in real life in non-pandemic times but not being able to do that being able to do it virtually is a is a much is a is a much different thing. I mean, I do the same thing with my I've done the same thing with my mother. I mean, we've celebrated every holiday since this pandemic started, including birthdays in Animal Crossing because my mother plays Animal Crossing religiously every day. Does I don't think she's missed a day since Animal Crossing launched. <laughs> She goes here every day, even if she just goes in and does her little dailies and and logs back out. She goes in every day. But, you know, for fireworks and Christmas celebrations and Thanksgiving celebrations and sometimes just to go fishing together or when she comes in and steals all the stuff off my trees on my island and P reports her to Nintendo. Oh, my God. P did that once. She was so mad. My mother came and shook all my trees that she literally reported her own grandmother. Not for her to, for harassment in Nintendo. To the whole Nintendo? To the whole Nintendo. Because she ain't got no act right, no behavior. What would she have done if Nana got banned? You know what? Never mind. <laughs> Your daughter is chaos and I love every minute of it. <laughs> she was mad. Because <laughs> she was telling her to stop shaking my trees. And my mother was like, nope, I do what I want. And she she reported her. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but did she write anything in the report? Like, she, my grandmother was shaking my mama's trees, and I just can't have that. The, <laughs> just the fruit's gone. Can't have that. <laughs> Ban her. She Nintendo. did a whole actual. She did a whole actual report because she was mad. I, I I can't even explain my everything. Child. Everything. She, she has a very clear sense of right and wrong. It might not be everybody else's sense of right and wrong, but she has an internal sense of right and wrong. And if you don't adhere to that, 
chaos will ensue. <laughs> chaos will ensue. Tell Nana that she can shake my trees. I ain't using them. <laughs> hey, you give her that option. She will come shake your trees. <laughs> <laughs> Other things, questions, comments? So I like that you guys brought up the social media presence of BGE because it was everywhere. When it rolled out, it was everywhere and I loved it. And then I was blindsided by the TikTok because I didn't know it was on TikTok. But TikTok's algorithm is like, we know, we know that you have followed BGE on Twitter and on Instagram. We're here too. And I'm like, whoa, all right. <laughs> I'm like, the algorithm knows what's best for me. And that's TikTok. So I just love the rollout. And I'm curious, like, what's what's next? What's coming up for BGE? Oh, wow. Um, so super cute things. Super cute things. Super cute things. Um, I'm here to I'm here to hear all about the super cute things. <laughs> so we got some new stuff that's going to be rolling out this week. Um, and some of it is like clearly just more, you know, social media community building. Um, some is, um, some is going to like stray more into the academic side. Uh Um, and I'll talk about one. I'll let, I'll let Stephanie talk about the other. Um, so um, I'm not going to give spoilers though, because we have some things that are surprised and need to be a surprise until they happen. Um, so, um, and by the time you hear this, some of this will have already transpired, right? Um, but like as a continuation of the co-working space, I'm looking at doing co-working streams, right? Where we can, um, like actively kind of sit in a space together or watch if you can't, because some people are like, oh, I would love to like come to the co-working space, but I'm back in the office and I can't install 14 on my computer at work. I mean, I understand that. I think that's a, I think that's a pressure. I, th- I, th- I think you should just tell your boss they're racist at that point, but that's a whole nother story. Um, I'm just kidding. But doing a co-working stream where um, um, we can work together in a virtual but silent space <laughs> um, and um, maybe stream the actual co-working space at the same time so you can participate in feeling like you're in that space um and looking at and what we've been what, what's been really interesting um is in thinking about social media is looking at the ways that <clears throat> folks are representing themselves because the game in terms of character creation has a lot of limitations for making black folks look black or marginalized folks look marginalized in some ways, right? Um, And I've been on the struggle bus because the only way that I could have short natural hair in the game um, was to roll a male character, which means I get misgendered in the, which means I get misgendered in the game all the time. Um, And if I roll as a female character and even go with dreadlocks, because I had dreadlocks, I had long dreadlocks for years, um, like 10, 15 years. um, I was like, okay, so we could just go back in time and just go have dreadlocks again um, and roll as a female character. 
then every pair of pants I turn, I put on turns into a thong, which is not how I present in any way, shape or form in my real life. So um, it's been interesting to see um, and learn more, um, like watching other marginalized folks and looking at their social media presence and how their characters present. And the fact that a lot of BIPOC, a lot of BIPOC, creators and i'm not just talking about streamers but like g posers right so they take in-game pictures use a lot of mods because mods give them the ability to present in the way that they want to present or in a way that they feel is more accurate um which is what is really concerning to me about square enix's um crackdown on third-party applications because i understand third-party applications where folks cheat or whatever but you know this folks, some folks, why we can't have nice things, right? Because Square Enix was pretty much willing to turn a blind eye to a lot of stuff um, until people started cheating for like World's First and stuff like that, where they would get, where they were like getting some kind of recognition. And then they were like, well, now you can't have no third party apps um, or you, you could easily be banned, which also means like the, the aesthetic mods that a lot of marginalized folks use to, re to represent themselves. Right. Uh, and I think that that's an interesting thing. Um, and, and what's at stake if that goes away? Right. What's at stake if folks are getting in trouble for posting pictures of themselves on social media that um, they feel are representative of themselves in a way that the game doesn't allow? Right. So that's a huge concern for me. Um, and I think that there's definitely something there and I'm not quite sure what yet. Um, but, um, looking at more community-based events, I'm, I'm looking at more community-based events. We've, um, started like a, a cross-world link shell so that folks, um, that are not on the same data center or what have you for BGE can still have, be able to talk to one another. Um, we are working with um, a content creator on the EU server, um, Noobtoons, um, because we can't do cross-region travel. I do. I have a. I do have an alt on um, the EU server um, or on a EU server on Chaos. Um, but looking at ways that we can, like, expand this and and build safe spaces for um for folks in bg in the bge community so that we have something right we have like something we can we can run dungeons without folks being like hey chocolate bunny can i have a lick and shit like that that i've heard that people have told me that they've heard going into dungeons as a black presenting character right um so making a space for us in-game as well as outside of the game that is safe and welcoming um, and comfortable, right? And comfortable um, in some very specific ways um, is is kind of where I'm going. And then, then we have this other thing that we're doing and I'm gonna let Stephanie talk about that. Stephanie's like, I didn't come here for <laughs> No, I think, uh, yeah, definitely excited about the community spaces as well everyone should know that i made her build the tv in the in the basement so we could have community events 
And that should it have been its like own It took me like three hours to build that TV. It was the worst. It was expensive. <laughs> I had to do all kinds of glitches to get the TV to turn into a TV. And then I got it perfect. And I forgot to click the button that made it all stop. And I turned around and walked away. And I came back and it was in pieces again. I wanted to cry. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Talk about yes, it. Should, it should have been its own stream. It was great. Um, spent lots of money that night. But uh, so the academic part, we are really thinking about that aspect of community, right? Like um, the difference between being a part of signing up to be in a community and, you know, with moderate to uh, engagement, but what versus what being in community meant. So we're seeing a lot of things, even within the game narrative, but how people interact with each other in dungeons in particular, um, or with just rating in general, or, you know, doing um, free company content that there's, it seemed though there was a gap in um how the difference between being part of a community and being in community and that's the same in academic spaces we get you get a lot of opportunities to be part of organizations but you know and you're really excited to present your research and then no one shows up so uh, how do these gaps get created you know are, um, are these traditions or are they just habits i do a lot of work with um Black women in sci-fi and um, Octavia Butler in particular. And she has this wonderful quote where she's talking about that the real problem with racism within science fiction is not that, um, that there are these hard felt beliefs that are embedded into all these stories. It's just that people make excuses for it in a habitual way. Like it's just our habit to think that the center of this story should be white and not and um, no one's going to question that because we just I've automatically accepted that as the center. So we want a way for not just academics but also anyone else interested in playing MMOs to talk about that difference of uh, and how it's impacted their lives, especially during the pandemic because I think I was just hearing a lot of stories about people coming back to gaming uh, after you know doing it in their childhood and now doing it more regularly just to have those moments because I think there was so much fear and uncertainty, especially at the beginning. And there's fear and uncertainty now. I think we're just all um, gotten used to that level of fear and uncertainty. And this is one positive way to sort of do the things exactly um, what you were saying before, do the things that we would have done at conferences or in coffee shops. So uh, a way for us to sort of carve out in a um, written way and hear each other's stories because there's a lot of power in that and listening and holding space for each other, but also um, making room for that record so people know we were here. I like that phrase. Making room for that record so that people know that we were here. And that makes perfect sense for 14, right? Because otherwise people really wouldn't know we were here. Um, yeah, and there's so many logs, right? There's a challenge log, which I just found out about. I've been playing for a whole year. 
is a journal where you can keep your stories, but there's not anywhere where you can necessarily record. I mean, the free company keeps like very limited records, but it's not like we had a great time today or, you know, we tried to do this dungeon and it absolutely didn't work out. Or we tried to do this dungeon and everyone got the mount and then we had an amazing time, you know, doing G poses together afterwards. There's nothing to hold space for how important that's been in this period, so. Absolutely. And then, so by the time, by the time you're listening to this, um, a kind of concrete way for folks to create their own records um, will be out there um, because Stephanie and I are doing a um, a special issue on MMOs and community building. And um, we saw this as a way to um, bring um, the NYMG uh, journal out of, or I saw this as a way to bring the NYMG journal out of hiatus um, because it went into hiatus um, with the pandemic, right? Because everybody was feeling overwhelmed. A lot of folks were were unable to like work at the beginning of the pandemic because, you know, they were switching over to online classes. Um, it takes up a lot of psychic energy to exist during a, a pandemic. <laughs> it takes up a lot of psychic energy to exist during the p- pandemic. A lot of folks were reporting that they couldn't read um, or they couldn't write because their their brain just would not let them concentrate in the ways that they needed to uh, in order to do those things. So it made, made sense to go into hiatus because I was feeling very much the same way. I think we talked about this at the very beginning of the pandemic when we were doing the what you play and what you read and what you're drinking. And I was like, I am not reading anything. I pick up a book and I will stare at a page and nothing on that page makes sense. Um, and that was a struggle that a lot of folks had. Um, so we saw this as a good opportunity to bring in YMG back out of uh, back out of hiatus is to do a special issue that looked at MMOs and community building. And if you are listening, um, MM, uh, NYMG is a is what I have always called. Uh, it, I use the term. I didn't ex- I didn't create the term a middle state journal. Um, that is not just an academic journal, but we look for submissions from everyone, from academics, from developers, from um, from games journalists, games critics, and from gamers themselves, right? Um, and we uh, look, we have folks who are not just academics, but folks that exist in all of these other spaces be the ones that also um, review these pieces, right? So that you're being reviewed by um, a board of your peers and not just a group of academics that may not understand um, exactly what where you're coming from because of because our worldviews can be can be different sometimes, um, and everybody's experience is not the same. So yeah, I will put a I'll put a link in the show notes to the to the CFP. It's a call for it's a, I, I CFP is not call for papers, but a call for projects because it doesn't have to be a paper. Um, we are a multimodal journal. So we take um, written works, we take videos, we've had people submit. Um, we've even published a game um, 
as a as a publication or as a submission in the journal before. So in whatever whatever kind of content you normally create or would like to create, the possibility exists for publication in the journal itself. And I'm super excited for this. I'm super excited for this because I get to I get to write about um, community building one um, in the in the uh, community building and MMOs, um, and I get to I get to work with Stephanie professionally and 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 officially. Um, <laughs> and she'll be sick of me by the time we're done. She, nah. She's saying yay now. She's gonna be sick of me by the time it's done, by the time I'm done. Um, so that's exciting. That's exciting. And then Victoria has also agreed um, to come on um, and and uh, and help with the uh, with the day to day of the journals as the uh, as the um, as the assistant editor. So I'm excited to get. So, so she gonna be sick of me too. Everybody gonna be sick of me by the time we're done. But that's fine. You're, you're my chair, so <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm allowed to be sick of you yet <laughs> oh you will be it's fine you'll be sick of me by the time it's over <laughs> i fully expect that. that's two years that's two years <laughs> everything will be fine i'm i you totally allowed to be sick of me that's okay as long as you get done that's all that matters Gosh. <laughs> and like you can hate me you can be sick of me just finish your freaking project just finish your project that's all i care about I care about you too, and I don't want you to, <laughs> but no, nah, I won't. So it's it's super easy because we exist mostly in a digital space now because you know pandemic, and I think, oh my goodness, I haven't seen you like in person since, geez, like fall of twenty. No, no, I saw you in the hallway in spring of like very very early spring like january like when the semester started of 2020 but i have not seen you since so it's really easy in a digital space mm -hmm. because i don't check my digital accounts all the time and so when you're like hey how are you doing mm -hmm. i might not see it <laughs> so i can't get sick of you if i just don't exist for a couple of days because i can just go off off into my own little world be like i ain't touching anything that is not a video game <laughs> for like a week and as long as you remember to go invisible i don't know that you're playing 24 hours it's, of stardew valley oh my goodness it's so true like some of my friends now are like why are you invisible on discord you're in the chat with us i'm like shh i'm hiding they're <laughs> nick's like she's hiding from her chair i'm like shh <laughs> she can't know <laughs> I so know. now now it's just a fantastic it's it's like for the meme now it's just a joke <laughs> i know i know <laughs> like offline for two weeks that's not possible mm -hmm. she was just mm -hmm. talking to me yesterday i know she online the question is what's she playing <laughs> no i'm excited and i'm excited to see the submissions for the call for projects because i like the broadness of it is what's going to be so interesting is that it doesn't just have to be you know your academic journal article like it can be video projects it could be art it could be so much to represent the 
the community building that occurred during the pandemic and MMOs. Like there could be so many things. It doesn't just have to be written. And so I'm very excited to come on as assistant editor at this time. So it's yeah. it's an exciting time. It is. It is. I'm super excited. Yes, very excited. I'm also really excited about the potential for really diverse projects. I think um, I really want to hear how people came to playing MMOs because, you know, there's not like a traditional route to becoming a gamer or anything like that. So really interested in art would be super cool. Mm -hmm. There's so many things you could and hopefully answer and explore. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness, what if somebody makes a zine? A zine? Yes. Oh yeah, that would be so cool. Yep. Somebody make a zine. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'm just going to put that into the universe. Somebody do that. There are so many possibilities and I'm I'm here for all of them. I'm here for all of them. And it just gives me it gives me an excuse to play more Final Fantasy fourteen, and it's weird because I find myself like P will come in and she'll be like, "You're always playing Final Fantasy fourteen," and I'm like, "No, I'm not." She was like, "Okay, correction, Final Fantasy fourteen is always on." I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I might be log I might be logged in and like sitting in the co working space, and um, I have to be very careful." because I, I use ambient noise in the co-working space i can't have the i can't have the rain on because it puts me to sleep yeah you put us both to sleep once <laughs> it was hilarious <laughs> i don't even think we either of us realized that we were not talking mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited, though, to see kind of where this goes. I mean, you you asked the, the question of where it goes, and I think it's, it's, it's going to be a constantly evolving thing. Because once something gets done and it becomes like a regular part of the process, especially if hopefully some of it becomes self-sustaining, um, and that other people come in and they're like, hey, you know, we can do this thing and I can help. And it's not just like me and Stephanie and, and or Yenka, right? Who's um, mm -hmm. running stuff on the, the EU server, who's going to be running stuff on the EU server. Um, if we got more, more people doing stuff, it'll, it'll kind of become self-sustaining. Um, and we'll be able to do new things and more things and not just the same old things over and over again. Yeah, I think that part of it is really exciting. And it's something that is sort of built into it. Like, I think you touched on it before, like um, it's BGE, you know, Black Girls of Eorzea, because we're the Black Girls of Eorzea. But the hashtag is diversity or diverse Eorzea because that's what we want. Mm hmm. And we want to be able to hold that space and that intention for everyone. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
So do we have any like other like last questions or comments or things that we want to throw out? I'm super excited to see uh, everything as it comes out. I know you mentioned that uh, some of the stuff will be out when this episode comes out, but yeah, I'm excited to see it roll out and uh, everything that you guys are creating. I think it's a party. I think it's a party. Now, Stephanie, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the thing. You listen to the. I, I think it might have been in the show notes. I sent you the show, not the show notes, the the guest document. It yes. might have been in there, might not have been in there. But I always ask this question. You've listened to the podcast before, you know this. Whenever we have a guest, we have one last question. And that question is, I, I know what I would have asked, but I'm not going to ask necessarily. Um, what is one thing that we did not ask or talk about tonight that you would have wanted us to ask or talk about tonight? I have listened to the podcast before. Am I prepared for this question? No. Um, <laughs> I think I would have, and I, I a lot of it is probably going to come out, hopefully, in the call for projects, um, that what drew you specifically or what your... Um, relationship to Final Fantasy I think you said a little bit you've always been a fan of the franchise um but I like to why Final Fantasy or what about Final Fantasy I think we didn't get to talk about that a, a lot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't so what drew you to Final Fantasy I think my introduction to Final Fantasy, besides like um, the fact that um, dating myself, I I was in high school teenager when um, Seven was super popular, was uh, through Kingdom Hearts, and I those were the first games. Me and my brother pooled our resources together, bought the PlayStation, played through all those games. A, a game you know we'd stand in line at the store and play at launch and the last one came out and it took so many years I feel like it was like 10 years or something they were teasing that that was going to come out and I still haven't finished it because there's something about the ending that also feels like like too much of an ending and not what we were expecting mm-hmm. uh, so I was really looking, besides from seeing it on stream, I was really looking for a different way to sort of engage with the Final Fantasy universe. So for me, playing has been really interesting, especially like I'm behind everyone. I haven't finished MSQ. Um, I may never because there's so many other things to do. But seeing the comparisons between how Final Fantasy engaged in the Disney universe versus, you know, when it gets to do its own thing has been really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be cool to see or hear from other um, Kingdom Hearts players who have possibly played, um, jumped into 14, the differences. So I know there's a story arc that I just went through that I was like, wow, this is this was the same. 
and I can see how it was changed for different audiences and the nuances there. Um, but maybe there were like missed story beats that, which is kind of common with Disney. You know, there are opportunities to to teach and learn that we miss. That's sort of changing with their 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 content. That's the maybe the Marvel content that's geared towards other um, more older audiences. But there, I mean, it's definitely a problematic fave. I know you're itching to tell me it's terrible. Um, <laughs> I know. No. But yeah, I, I would I definitely I would like to talk to other people about that. Cause I think there's something there. I don't quite know what it is. Hopefully, you know, if I finish MSQ, I'll be able to figure it out. You'll finish MSQ. You're almost finished. <clears throat> that and happens just... and then something new comes out. Yeah, it does. And the, the, and, and the uh, it's just like real life. They just keep moving a goalpost on a girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's the fun part and you talk about dating yourself by saying final fantasy 7 was popular when you were in high school girl i was in grad school <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that i was like she's sitting over there thinking uh-huh sure i was in grad school why are you playing <laughs> And I always say Final Fantasy VII was the game that gave me my first repetitive stress injury. That game came out, mm. I remember quite um, quite clearly. Um, I was still living in Detroit and um, and I had the, the TV and the sofa was in the uh, living room and I would sit on the chaise at the sofa closest to the TV, hat on backwards, PlayStation on, playing seven all night. And then my wrists exploded. Absolutely exploded. So yeah, I remember seven with fond and painful memories. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so... I, I feel you. I feel you. And, and like I said, it's it's a, it's a story that I've always enjoyed. And then playing through the the earlier Final Fantasies on um on DS, right? And just having that kind of lore. And yeah. then seeing, and that's the great thing about Final Fantasy 14 is that while all of those characters aren't built into the current story arc, there are always like these side quests and special events and such that bring in other things, right? And then you get some, you get some, um, some marker, something that that helps you remember that you've gone through that. Like there's yes. a, for example, I recently did um, a side quest story arc um, that involved. Vivi the Vivi the Black Mage and then when you were done you get a Vivi minion that you can carry with you as kind of a reminder that you've done that and what the story is um so it brings in stories and and characters from previous Final Fantasies like all of them um even the other MMO that folks don't like to talk about or or you know talk about like in hushed tones Final Fantasy 11 and crossover events that you get there so yeah there's a lot um, and be, like I said, it's like I said earlier, it's because I've I've had a love for the lore 
um, for Final Fantasy lore for so long that being able to play through in a more active way um, and with other people has been has been a real positive for me. But yeah. So anything else, y'all? Things, thoughts, ideas? Stephanie, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you uh, joining us tonight to talk about this. Thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. Um, Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> this is also my favorite thing to say as a sage in dungeons because people be mean to the healer. <laughs> so I try and start us off. See, that's why we just need, we need more, more like, like-minded folks, right? So we can go in and be like, oh, you're going to die. So just get over it. You can say that to people, you know, it's hard to say that to randos. <laughs> Stranger, yeah. You probably shouldn't. Don't, don't say that. Don't say that to strangers. No, no, no. But I say it to other people. I'm like, <laughs> I'm healing. You're going to die. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So um, I guess, y'all, that's going to bring us to the end. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for fun things for BGE. If you have not yet played the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV, let me remind you that you can play the trial for free up to level 60 with no restrictions. They say no restrictions, but they're social restrictions. Like you can't trade with folks and you can't join a free company and there's other stuff. But if you are interested in trying it out, you know, hit me up on social media. I'm going to say hit Stephanie up on social media. No, don't hit Stephanie up on yes, social you, media. Well, not on, well, you, yes, I'm going to get better. <laughs> hit us up on social media or just go to bge and you can hit us up on bge and we'll be happy to um like get folks in and, and help folks get started if you're interested in just checking it out just interested in checking it out i think it's a lot of fun i think it's a lot of fun and it's not one of those mmos like and that's another thing it's not like wow where you have to play all the time you really can just jump in and jump out because it is more narrative based than anything else so you can just like play and be like i don't want to play for a week or two weeks or whatever and then come back and play some more and it really won't make much of a difference in your experience other than the fact that you may have forgotten what your rotation is and what button you're supposed to hit but um you could you could pick that up quickly again and and it's not as time extensive because that was one of the reasons i stopped playing wow i stopped playing wow when p was born um yeah, I stopped playing WoW when P was born because, and I would jump back in for like expansions and just play through the story stuff. Um, but I stopped raiding. Let's let's put it that way. I stopped raiding when P was born because I couldn't uh, raid with an infant <laughs> because people are not understanding when you like, I'll be back in a minute. I got to go change my baby. My baby needs to be fed kind of thing. So I stopped raiding when she was born. Um, and getting back into raiding now, it's kind of weird because um, I didn't think I ever would. But like, like now I like enjoy it and want to do it. It's strange. It's strange. But anywho, so if you're interested, um, I'll put a link in the show notes to like the free trial for folks to try. You can play it on um, 
you could play it on Mac. They fixed the Mac. Um, I'm. I don't know if you heard that, Stephanie. They fixed the the Mac. Um, the they Mac did. version. They did. Um, you can play it on Mac. You can play it on PC, and you can play it on PlayStation Four and Five. And my Steam Deck, if it ever gets here, because I just I finally paid for my Steam Deck. I got my email to pay for my Steam Deck on Monday, so I'm gonna try it out on my Steam Deck when it comes. I'm gonna play Final Fantasy and Dead. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I'll never sleep again. But thank y'all all for hanging out and thank you for listening. And Stephanie, again, thank you for joining us. And as always, Jordan and Victoria, you are the best. I appreciate y'all. Um, so that's going to bring us to the end of episode 233. So until next time, when we have episode 234, ooh, 234, which is going to be... <laughs> I don't know if, if if it's all the sparkling water or if it's the the coconut rum. Um, uh, when we have episode two, three, four, um, which is gonna be great as usual, we'd like to say, um, thanks for hanging out. Um, stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, all that great stuff, and we will see you all soon. And as always, friends, game on.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.